Today we have a special guest speaker with us, pastor, preacher, and missionary Chuck Gerwig. Pastor, preacher, and missionary sounds amazing. My wife just goes, he's a knucklehead who talks a lot. Found the perfect job. Hey, hello, Hope. Don't you think that that would be the perfect way to start every day because it's the truth of the universe? You wake up in the morning instead of going, oh, I have to go to my job. Oh, I have teenagers. Wouldn't it be great to just wake up and just go, hello, Hope, because that is the truth of my future. Hey, let's pray, and we're going to talk about God's Word. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for what you did at the cross that we remember this morning in communion. We know you came knowing why you were, why you were coming and what you were going to do and what the cost was, and you did it beautifully. And because of what you did, every morning we can wake up and say, hello, hope, because we know that it is the truth of our future. And in the meantime, God, would you teach us to just converse with you, to have a real relationship with you, um, because you're a talkative guy, and we want to learn to hear you better. So would you speak to us even right now, Father, we ask you, in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, that you would uh, speak to us so we could hear from you, not from me, but from you. So it would be a little bit different when we leave the door and closer to you. And we'd remember every day, we just wake up and say, hello, hope, because that's the truth of the universe. Speak to us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, um, if you remember, I was here with you all about two weeks ago, and uh, we talked about the idea of Scripture listening, hearing God's voice or understanding His communication from opening up the actual physical Scriptures and then we begin to look for God's voice or his personal leading through the scriptures. Now, my question for you is this, and in different groupings or denominations, we'd probably get two different answers, but here's a question. Does God still talk to you and I today apart from the scripture? Now, depending on your, you know, trajectory, religious trajectory, um, you may have a different answer to that question. I'm gonna just say, I want to look and see what the Bible says, and that's what I want to believe. So this morning, we're going to look at a couple of scriptures about the idea of hearing God's little voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to call it the inner whisperer, who is God directing us and comforting us, not just in the big stuff, by the way. Don't hear what I'm saying about it. It's just about the big decisions right? It's also not about the little ones, like, you know, uh, sausage and McMuffin or, or McFlurry, you know? It's, it's not, you know, I think God allows us to make some decisions, and they're beautiful, but it's not just for the biggest decisions of your life. God wants to talk to you. He wants to have a conversation with you, and I hope to prove that from the scriptures and help you to learn how to better hear God when he is speaking to you through the Holy Spirit. So if I, if I get it right, that's you'll come away with. If I don't, you'll be totally confused, and uh, I will not know because I can't really see you at this distance because I'm 63 and my eyes are 163, evidently. But Lily Tomlin, who's not a theologian and she's not a philosopher, but she said something that is really true. She said this, why is it when we speak to God, we're said to be praying when we speak to God? We all do that, even if you just do it in your own heart. 
But when, when God speaks to us, we're said to be schizophrenic, right? Like, I used to live in Santa Cruz for 20 years. I saw lots of people talking to themselves for a variety of reasons. Santa Cruz, if you've not been there, it's an amazing, interesting place. Lots of people talking to themselves. And so I'd always think, oh, this person's mentally ill, this person's wrestling with addiction um, because they were talking, you know, kind of out loud and having a conversation. And so it, there is this kind of sense like, you're crazy if you think God is speaking to you. They used to burn you at the stake for such things if you thought that God was communicating with you. But last week we said, John chapter 10, Jesus said, look, I know my sheep, they know me, they hear my voice, they're listening for my voice, and I will speak to them, I will lead them. Why? Because they know my voice. He's speaking about all Christians, not just the disciples. So I should expect that God wants to speak to me, and for many people they go, yeah, he did, he wrote it down in a book. Just read the book. That's the most it's the clearest and most effective and objective way to know what God's saying. But is that all? He keeps talking about his voice, his leading, his guidance. Now, I've never heard God speak audibly. I never have. I know there are people who claim they have. Praise God, man. I just haven't personally, but I've had God's leading and understood what he was telling me with such clarity that I was able to act, not just on big things, also on smaller things, but as a result, over my lifetime, a long Christian lifetime now, I'm learning to understand the voice of God's Spirit. As I said, my physical hearing is leaving me. I can't hear very much, partially because of my close buddy, Mike Hansen, who's here, and being in bands since 1979 together, and so I can't hear much physically. But I am learning to hear God more clearly all the time. God wants to have a conversation with you and I. It's been clear what we said in John chapter 10. They know his voice. So not only does he speak, but I should know what he sounds like. So when you think about your life today, I want to ask you the question, are there big things or little things? Big things or medium-sized things. You think, I would love to hear from God about this. How good is your spiritual hearing, your holy hearing, Wherever it's at, whatever level, it can absolutely grow through the right principles and practice. And I know this to be true because I hear God more clearly and sharper. I'm more convinced, more filled with hope. As a result, I'm more comforted in the life that I live and I do things that seem really crazy on the outside because I just know that's what he's called me to do. In John chapter 16... This is at that dinner that Pastor Jim just told you about where Jesus was reclining with his friends and he passed around the wine and they ate some bread. You know, after that, he left. That was his last dinner. And so his last words came after that dinner. Now, if you knew that you were gonna die in a few minutes, the things you said would be hyper important. They were to Jesus too. And he told them more about the idea that the Holy Spirit was gonna come to speak to them. This is found in John chapter 16. In fact, you find John 14, 15, and 16. All of those were said after his last dinner on his way to 
the olive grove where they came and took him away. Were his last words really important? Yeah, so what did he want to talk about? He didn't want to talk about who was going to win the Super Bowl. He, he didn't want to talk about who was going to win the World Cup, who was going to win the presidency of the United States. The most important thing in his mind was, I want you to know that I've been talking with you, my friends. You're my sheep along with all the others in the world who will follow me. And I'm not leaving you alone, but I'm going to leave you a counselor or a comforter who will be with you always. He'll be inside of you, and he is going to do some talking. John chapter 16, verse 13. It's on the screen if you don't have your Bible. In John chapter 16, that's the setup. He's saying the very last things he's going to say to them, and it says, Jesus is saying, when he, the spirit of truth, comes. He's saying a future event in the future, in about 50 days, God is going to send you another counselor, one like me, who will lead you and guide you and comfort you. He's the spirit of what's true and right. That's why you can have hope, hope. It says, he will guide you into all truth. So this one who's going to come will guide us and guide us like the good shepherd who leads us and guides us. He's going to provide direction, continuity for you and I. So he's coming. He will guide you. He won't speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. He'll tell you what's to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what's mine and making it known to you. Now listen, this is not just for the disciples. Because you and I possess the same spirit if you're a follower of Jesus. And throughout scripture and history, we see this. God communicating clearly accurately to his people aside from the scriptures remember the scriptures the new testament wasn't written when these guys were doing their thing so the holy spirit continues to speak to people and listen to john 16 again he's a spirit of truth he tells the truth he guides us he makes it known to us and twice he says he speaks Remember Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd, the sheep know my voice. It says that he won't speak on his own. He's not doing his own thing. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit are three separate persons, but they're one divine God. And they speak in total continuity. When the, the Holy Spirit speaks, he's speaking not on his own, but it says he'll take from me. This is how the Spirit is speaking for the shepherd to you today. And we want to know his voice. That's why I'm preaching this message, right? We want to know his voice. We should expect it because Jesus said it's the way it is. God communicating to us to guide us and comfort us, to navigate and inspire us, right? And don't you want that? I mean, I really don't want to think that my life is it's just completely in control of my level of intellect and emotion, right? I really don't want to think that everything that's going to go on is going to be up to me. I want to, I want to have a partnership with the talking God. And the primary way is through the scripture, but is, that's not what Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about guidance from the speaking of the Holy Spirit, of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, all in one, primarily speaking to you and I today, 
through the Holy Spirit who lives inside of every Christian. Now, the thing is, is, I don't know about your experience, but a lot of times, especially if it's something big or it's something that comes out of the blue, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to know what to do right now, and I've got limited intellect. <laughs> my mic's going, mm, you, would, you can't imagine. <laughs> you know, I've got, limited, I've got limited emotional ability. I collapse really easy under pressure. But something big is happening, and I'm like, okay, God, help me know what to do, and I don't want to make a mistake, so I need to know it's you, and will you do this right now, right now? Please hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And in my panic, I'm, I'm praying this prayer. Help, 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 you know? Have you ever had that experience? Would you be willing to admit to it? You know, there's times where we don't know what to do, where life gets so complicated and unpleasant that we literally get kind of discombobulated emotionally or we we have man here's a deal god who lives inside of every follower of jesus the holy spirit jesus promises that he speaks with the voice and the power of the trinity he will make known to you and guide you he will be a comforter to you so you can wake up every day and say hello hope regardless of the circumstances that are happening around you and so we want to expect, you know, a big yelling prayer like, help, help, and we expect God to like do something crazy like open up the ceiling tiles and the Monty Python like cartoon guy <laughs> speaks in and he goes, what do you want? I'm trying to take a nap or whatever. And you're like, help, help, do something big, man. Uh, part the Red Sea or pillar of fire. Or something. Listen, God doesn't, first of all, he doesn't need to prove himself to me that he said, has something to say. And oftentimes, God speaks very quietly there's a very famous passage of scripture in the book of 1 Kings. Um, if you're not as familiar with the Bible, it's in the Old Testament section to the left of your Bible. And there's a guy named Elijah who you might have heard his name before, not just the guy from the Lord of the Rings, but there was another guy named Elijah, and he was a prophet of Israel. He was a spokesperson from God to people because God was communicating even then before the Holy Spirit came. His job was to speak for God. He went through a very difficult time. He was depressed. He's angry. He's telling God, I hope you kill me. I dare you to kill me. Please just kill me. I've done everything for you, and my life stinks. Thank you very much. He's really, that's where he's really at. I mean, and honestly, I love it that it's in the Bible that he's not perfect, because just like here, there's no perfect people allowed, because there's none. So isn't it beautiful that there's a God who loves us so much? He says, not only am I going to give you a book, but I myself will live in you and communicate to you, and I'm not going to yell. I don't need to yell. I don't need to make an explosion for you. Sometimes God's voice, often, is very quiet. So in this famous story, 1 Kings 19, God is talking to this depressed, discouraged Elijah. He says, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is going to pass by. He's saying, I'm going to walk by because you need something from me, buddy. You are just at the bottom. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks. I mean, that's a big wind. Like, it's literally blowing up rocks. Everything's blowing everywhere. But it says, but guess what? The Lord wasn't in this big, incredible hurricane kind of wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake so the ground is shaking, and Elijah's just standing there going, whoa, whoa, maybe I asked, maybe I should have spoken quietly to God because he's stressing me out. 
that God was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake came a fire, a great fire. But the Lord was not in the fire, and then after that, after the fire, came a gentle whisper. A gentle whisper. Now, Elijah was in a situation where he really needed to hear from God, but what it says here is, it wasn't in these big outward displays that God proved himself that he was listening and speaking, and he didn't communicate to him, even in his great need in this open-the-roof, explosive way, said there was a gentle whisper. And God often speaks to you and I in a quiet and gentle way. Do you know that like when you're in chaos and freaking out, you know the God who loves you is not. And it's not because he doesn't care. And it's not because he's not aware. Look, he doesn't have to send a gigantic, it's interesting, I was reading this one day and I realized, hang on, God said earth, wind, and fire. <laughs> I wish he'd send earth, wind, and fire to my house because I like that band. But God doesn't need to send earth, wind, and fire to answer you. God speaks in a gentle whisper and I, and I thought, why is this included in the Bible? I mean, why does he include this strange story about God's voice being a gentle whisper? And I think because he wants us to know that even in your most distracted or difficult times I can speak to you but I want you to listen for me I speak quietly most often just because you're freaking out I'm not not because I'm unaware or unloving but because I live in the reality of hope of the truth I win you win with me difficulties shall pass uncertainty can be answered God often whispers and I thought it's very interesting because when somebody whispers my grandkids my two grandboys they'll often speak really loudly to get my attention but you know what really and usually what they get is like quiet down boys quiet you know but you know what really gets my attention is when one of them comes running over to me and says pop When, when somebody whispers, it causes you to lean in to listen to them. It causes you to begin to listen beyond hearing. I think God wants us to, I think God speaks to us quietly so that we'll settle down because you know what? God is at work in your circumstances, good, bad, indifferent, normal, boring. God is at work. I mean, God wants to answer you, but more than that, God would love for you to lean in Listen to him. There's intimacy involved in a conversation with God. So God often whispers. Now, where might this voice of God be coming from? You know, last time I was here, we said that can come from the Holy Scriptures as you read the Bible, and God will begin to bring things to you specifically as you recognize, hey, I think God is pointing something out to me here. So that's one way, a very powerful way that the Holy Spirit takes what's in the scripture and he says hey look at this this is for you right by the way I neglected to tell you last week that as you're listening to scripture there are eight really I was going to say I was going to I got to figure out how to do this with the <laughs> play nice with power tools uh, lesson there are eight questions I think are really helpful for hearing God's voice in the scriptures 
for God to tell you about them. So I want to encourage you, if, if you'd like to know what those are, um, if you go to chuck.org, that's my website, um, C-H-U-C-K-K, it's spelt correctly that way, .org, and you look under latest news, it's kind of my blog area, A, you can know how to pray for me, but B, I put those eight questions in there for you. And so there's a little blog post on my website. Um, if you're struggling to still understand how to take apart the word and hear God, those questions, super helpful. So go and get them. So God speaks through the scriptures. Second, God speaks through sermons. Have you ever had the experience where you're at church and uh, the guy's up talking or the lady's up talking and, and all of a sudden you recognize, whoa, somebody's been reading my mail. Have you had that experience? Oh, they're talking just to me. You know, we had a guitar player at a church that I pastored up in Santa Cruz, and he came up to me one day, and he's kind of agitated. And he was always pretty agitated, kind of agitated Italian cat. And he comes up to me, and he goes, hey, hey, has my wife been talking to you? And I'm like, no. And he goes, oh, okay. All right, so, so the worship leader's been telling you about my stuff, right? And I'm like, dude, I don't do that with people. I don't do that. He goes, then how do you know all this stuff? I mean, I'm like, bro, I don't know what you're talking about. Here's what I do know. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you about whatever it is. So listen, right? Listen. Have you had that experience where somebody's preaching and you just write, you think, man, he's talking right to me. Man, listen, that is one of the ways. So sermons, scripture, could come from a podcast, could come from a song, as you're singing and, and all of a sudden you recognize God is just saying, yes, that's true. You know, I'm forgiven. That is true. For all the things where I fell short this week, I'm forgiven. That's true. And God speaks to you through a song. It could be a meme. It could be a bumper sticker. It could be a book. It could be a blog. God speaks through many things if we're listening. God, what would you have to say to me? Scriptures, spirits, bumper stickers, sermons, the words of a friend, sometimes just out of the blue, every now and then, just out of the blue, God will speak. Uh, last night I was asleep, and uh, I woke, you know, if those of you who know me know I travel all over the globe, and so my internal clock is pretty messed up. I really never know what time it is anywhere. I sleep kind of weird, um, and so I woke up at 4 a.m., and I'm like, no, I really would like to be rested for this morning, was not as rested as I would like to be. Um, so what ended up happening was I started to feel stressed out. Have you had that? You know, you wake up in the middle of the night, and you try to solve your problems. You know, that's just the worst time to try to do that. And I started thinking, I'm really, um, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling stressed because I leave on Tuesday for Africa. Please pray for me. I'll be on three continents in four countries over two weeks but I can't use this hand. I can't even lift anything with it because it's uh, so injured. I'm thinking, how am I going to get my luggage around and everything in the emerging world um, with one hand? How am I going to put my stuff into the overhead? And I've got an injury in this arm that doesn't allow me to carry or lift much because I'm old and I broke everything. <laughs> and, so I'm like, and I'm starting to stress about it. And as I was stressing about it, I, heard, I sensed God speaking to me. And he spoke scripture to me that I hadn't memorized. It was just something that was known to me. 
says, I'm able to provide for all of your needs. You know what I did? I rolled over and I went back to sleep because I heard from God. He says, ah, man, you think I can't help have some little old lady help you pick up your bag, old man? (laughs) You know, like, don't humble me, Jesus. Quit humbling me, you know? He says, I'm able to supply everything you need, including how to get your bag around, how to open up stuff with one hand. I am able, Chuck. Just go do what I've called you to do. Would you pray for me? I leave Tuesday, be gone for a couple weeks uh, in Burundi, training pastors there, and uh, it's so worth it. But pray for me. Pray that God would provide a way for me to manage all this stuff because it's a little thing, but it kind of is going to be a pain, right? So pray for me in that sometimes God just speaks out of the blue, that small voice. The question is, how do we know whose voice it is? Because there's at least four voices speaking in the world today that I can think of. One of those voices is me. It's the self. The voice of me that says, I'm talking to myself, and last night I was not talking to myself. It was very clear. What I was saying was, how am I going to do this? What am I going to do? How much longer am I going to be able to do this? Am I, am I even, even able to keep doing these kinds of things with all the things that happen as you get older? You know, that was, that was me. That was, that was not hope-oriented. That was not... Uh, fix it. (laughs) It was just me. But what came outside, a different voice, without my accent, the Holy Spirit spoke. It was not me speaking to myself. It's not self-talk. It was the Spirit. The second is the Spirit, who speaks oftentimes very quietly. So I want to listen for him. The third is society. It's the voice of, of culture that says, well, this is how you deal with this. You're unhappy in your life. You should divorce your wife. Sorry, I'm like Dr. Seuss this morning. Um, it's, you know, it, you're, you're, unhappy, um, you're unhappy with your job, so just quit. You know? The voice of culture has a different kind of tonality, and it's really antithetical often to what God is saying. So you could be talking to yourself. I do it all the time, inner talk. You, it, it could be God's spirit speaking quietly. It could be society. You know, oftentimes the voice of society is the voice of your parents, And it tells you negative things, like you're not enough, you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not thin enough, you're not young enough, you're you're not whatever, talented enough. Oftentimes, that voice gets into the mix, and the fourth voice is Satan. It's the enemy. There really is an enemy to the soul of Christians, and so we want to know that voice too. So I was in Ethiopia a few years ago, and I was teaching this very thing to a group of young Ethiopian pastors and and students, and man, they were just super engaged because they're like, I want to know how to do this. I want to hear God for my life in ministry. I said, great. So one of the girls stands up and she goes, hey, Pastor Chuck, hey, hey. So look, so how do I know what voice it is? It's an incredibly astute question. I mean, how do I differentiate if there's these different voices, how do I know that? Because see, the enemy is going to work like in t- times like this: uh, temptations and compromise. I mean, we see that in Jesus' temptation on the mountain. You can find that in the Gospel of Matthew. It's a great, great story. Um, so we, you know, he could call us to compromise. He could tempt you to do something that you know is wrong. You know, so how do we know which voice it is? Is it, is it ourselves or society? 
Is it the Spirit of God or is it our enemy? Well, I would just tell you that I think there's three different ways that you can begin to discern this. First is through the scriptures. They're objective. You can trust them. Compare what you feel like God might be saying with the scriptures. Secondly, the saints. And you heard last week from Pastor Jim. Who are the people that are mature and wise in your life and say, hey, I think God is talking to me about this. How can I listen to them so that our community of faith can help me discern what God's saying? And the third is the soul. The third is the soul. The, the more you spend time with somebody who has an accent, the easier it is to understand them. Every time I go to a new country or new region, I have to try to figure out how people are speaking English because they all speak it with a different vibe. And it takes me a little while. And man, it's really embarrassing to be sitting at town with dinner with somebody and have them go, and you go, could somebody translate? And they go, no, it's English. That happens to me all the time. And I've learned to say, could you say that again in a different way? But the more I'm around them, the easier it is for me to understand them. And this is the truth about God. The more you're listening, the more you're around God, the easier it is to understand his voice from all the voices that are in the world. And close with, with this idea. Last week I told you when you want to hear from God in the Bible that you should ask him to speak. You should expect him to speak because he says he does. You should listen, which means stopping, slowing down and hearing. You should persist because he doesn't always tell you immediately. And I'm going to add one more. I'm going to add act on what you hear. When God does give you a sense of what he's doing, do it. Because as we obey him, we begin to get more from him. So be listening for God. It's clear he's speaking to every believer. He wants to engage your daily life, little things, big things, because he wants you to walk with him. He wants to guide you, wants to give you comfort and remind you of the truth, of the hope that you can get up every morning and say, hello, hope, because that's the reality of the universe. So I hope this week you'll be listening, you'll be engaging, you'll be waiting. When you hear from God, just act. Just do it, because there's a God who loves you, and he hasn't left you alone as orphans. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you are with us, that you'll never leave us or forsake us, that you will speak, that you'll lead us from the front, that you'll guide us, that you have something to say to me today. God, help me to tune my ear to you and live my life in concert with you because I want to live your way. I want to be, be a blessing for you. I want to be a blessing to you. And God, I want to live my life in such a way that, that I live in reality, which is I have hope because I've been saved. I've been rescued. My future is secure. I've been forgiven for everything, and you have something for me to do in this world today, God. Will you speak to me for your glory, we pray. God's people would say, amen, amen.